Welcome in. Talking Packers. Disappointing Brewers weekend. Top 25 is out. Glad to have you on board today. And we'll get into the top 25 and some other things. Some other uh, notes of interest coming up here uh, a little bit later on in the program. Uh, If you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. Also, don't forget to follow us over on Twitter, uh, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, and at Ben Z. Kenny. Always find the podcast and such on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and on Google Podcasts. Joining us now from uh, golongtd.com, our good buddy uh, Tyler Dunn is joining us on the program. Ty, how you been, pal? What's up, Bill? I'm I'm doing good here in Western New York. What's what's happening in Wisconsin? Well, you know, it's just the football season. You know what that brings, and that is the uh, the uh, impetus of everybody feeling fall and getting back to what everybody considers to be a sense of normalcy and hope. Uh, but this year is a little different because this year I don't give two dams about the regular season. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's because last year everything set up for them to end up at least in an NFC championship game and or Super Bowl, and it didn't happen. So uh, this year I don't care all, about all the excuses of the regular season. It's all about getting to a Super Bowl. And obviously, you know, you know Packers fans extremely well. That's It's always Super Bowl or bust, and we know the uh, the light is getting very bright at the end of that tunnel for Aaron Rodgers and such. So give me your thoughts of this season getting underway in Green Bay. I completely agree with you, Bill. It's it's weird. I mean, it's weird here in Buffalo because it's the same thing, but no, nothing really matters in August, in September, in October, in November, even December, right? If you, as long as you get in the dance, I don't think much else matters because I think out there, especially in Wisconsin, three straight 13-win seasons, three straight years of, of playoff, you know, heartbreak, and, and let's face it, it's been more than three, I think, since 2010, there, there's been different levels of heartbreak for Packer fans. It's, it's like, all right, I mean, I got how, how do we bash through this door and win a Super Bowl? But I, I think that Green Bay did the right thing. You know, it might not be you know, that um, visually appealing, right? The entertainment value may not be sky high, but I think that Green Bay just took a, a philosophical shift this offseason out of necessity. I mean, they didn't want to lose Devontae Adams. Obviously, they offered him a ton of money, and he chose to go to the Raiders and, and play with Derek Carr, um, his, his friend, his best friend. But I think that what they did after that trade was, uh, you know, very calm, very decisive, and, and needed. If you're interested in winning in January, I think they did the right thing this offseason. So give me your thought. Yeah, Elton Jenkins comes back to practice today. You've got young wide receivers in the fold. Aaron Rodgers trying to break in new guys and find somebody he trusts. Uh, and a lot of predictions about the offense being down this year, even his total number of passing yards being predicted uh, via Vegas as down this year. Give me your thoughts on where this actually ends up by the end of the season in your thought. Right. I mean, it's not going to be 2011. My God, it's not going to resemble anything close to, to that kind of game where the ball's going up and down the field and you're scoring at will and you just expect it to turn into th- this absolute track meet. And it's kind of been a, a track meet type of game for a while now. I think that what you can expect is a team that wants to lean into Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and the ground game and, and what may be the NFL's best offensive line, at least the top five. And, and this is a defense that expects to be top five, top three, or, you know, in talking to Kenny Clark at length recently, maybe the best in the NFL. I mean, they finished first overall once since 1967, and we all remember when that was, 96, when they won it all. They've, it's been, I'd say, a good four or five years in the making, 
But since 2018, you draft six defensive players in the first round. You go out, you pay up for a, for a ton of talent, right, in free agency. You land a guy in, in street free agency in Rasul Douglas that is a stud. I, I think that this is the moment, this is the year that they're hoping to elevate into being a dominant defensive unit. So what does it look like on the field? It looks like 21 to 17, right? It, it looks like, okay, you might have to play the field position game a little bit. You might have to you know, pin a team deep inside of its own five to win a game late. It, it's that kind of stuff that's just weird. It's different. Nobody's used to it when it comes to the Packers. But I think that they're personnel-wise prepared to win that kind of game, which we haven't been able to say that in years. And that's what the playoffs come down to. Think about third and eight. Those windows are slivers. I mean, it just completely changes. It's a different type of football. You can't just, you know, shoot from the hip and go up and down the field. So I, I think that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, they know what they're doing. I think they set up, they're set up to win that type of game now, finally. When you look at last season and you, you, you look at defensively speaking uh, in the scoring aspect of things, their defense wasn't great. Uh, we know that uh, as the season went on, they, they continually got better, but also their scoring wasn't great. They were one of the teams that were lower ranked. So as good as they've gotten, and I believe they have, I believe the, the staunt defensive front and you win in the trenches, which helps trickle down to everything else, but still they got to figure out a way to get one, get off the field on third down and, and two, they were so good in the red zone a few years ago, and last year they weren't. So those are the two big areas. While we may look at this defense and say, boy, it could be top five, it could be, but the one thing that they have to fix is that scoring defense. You know what's crazy, too? I did, this didn't even really hit me until uh, Kenny Clark mentioned it. We, we had that story up. If you want to check it out, uh, go along com, where he said, look, in primetime, when the lights are on, and the nation's watching, they get up for those games defensively. I mean, you think back anecdotally, we, we all have those moments of this defense just forcing turnovers and getting pick sixes and wreaking absolute havoc. My God, the Vikings, when they went to Lambeau Field, I don't even know why they showed up. They looked like they wanted nothing to do with that game. Um, mm-hmm. But at noon, in the middle of a Sunday, I mean, he admitted, like, for whatever reason, that they just weren't up for that kind of game. It was way too inconsistent. You, you, you have a team like those same Vikings with Kirk Cousins throwing it all over the place or, or Christmas day, the Browns. I mean, they, they ran, they ran wild. And if they run the ball in that final drive, they probably win. So it's a matter of consistency. I know it sounds vague, but it's just getting up for those games week in and week out and having leaders who are going to speak up and, and, and try to get guys ready for that because you're right. I mean, the run defense, even the pass defense, there were, there were lapses there, but you know, you look at you look at the playoffs of the games that matter. Like you just started this this chat, Bill. I mean, that that's what we should be talking about nonstop. What what happens in January? Well, they picked off Tom Brady three times two years ago. They should have won that game. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo completed eleven passes. The offense scored six points. Elijah Mitchell averaged like three point one yards per carry. The defense was championship caliber at Lambeau in the divisional round. So I think that's encouraging. And I think you lean into that. And you just you, you try to win that type of a game. And, 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 yeah, the next time around, they hope they have Jones and Dylan for that game. Talking with uh, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. That's GoLongTD.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Tyler Dunn. Covered the Packers for numerous years as well. So in talking with Kenny Clark, how, I mean, how confident is he? Because he's now that wily veteran, a guy that's a pro bowler. Uh, you tell me how how he seems as – they start to, they're kind of on the precipice of this season, defensively speaking. 
Yeah, he's he's been a quiet guy um, for most of his six years. And, you know, we got together at, right at his house in De Pere back in January. When we talked then, it was more about, you know, his family situation, his, his dad being in prison for a murder. He, he insists he did not commit. I mean, some really emotional, you know, tra- traumatic type of stuff. And so this time I had a camp. We, we talked all football for, for over an hour, and he, he really went out of his way to talk in a way. I, I've never heard Kenny Clark talk. I mean, he, he says he wants to be the greatest nose tackle ever maybe one of the greatest defensive tackles ever. He says he is the best in the game right now. And he's, he's like saying this again and again, kind of like to speak it into existence because he knows the work you put in. I, I think, yeah, you lost Devonte Adams. You lose maybe the best wide receiver in the league. But if you were to talk to Kenny Clark, he'd tell you they're, they're gaining a future hall of fame talent, best defensive tackle in the game. Um, he did a lot of Pilates. He went on a keto diet. He did all sorts of stuff. I mean, studying film to a different degree, you know, he played at about 320 by the end of last season. He's hoping to stick around at 305 this year. So uh, if you look at pictures of him, he looks skinnier. He looks like a different player. And he's trying to kind of balance that being a nose, taking on two guys, driving them back, yet somehow finishing. He was close to so many sacks last year and didn't get them that if he can kind of put it all together, yeah, you, you, you do have a, a dude up front who can wreak havoc and now has Jerron Reed next to him, Devontae Wyatt next to him, Quay Walker right behind him. I think he's excited as anybody that this is a different team and a different defense because, frankly, he's a different player. So losing Devontae Adams as a defensive player, it doesn't mean a lot to you because you still have your defensive guys around you, but does he feel that there is going to be some massive diminishment, offensively speaking, and that this defense has all of a sudden the responsibility of picking up the slack? You know, the way he put it, and obviously there's, there's not going to be a Packer player that's going to sit there and say, oh, we're going to stink now without Devontae Adams. I, I get that reality, but, you know, he, he said as good as Devontae Adams is, and he, he's great, they're, they're confident that Aaron Rodgers will just kind of figure it out. I mean, that, that's why you paid him 150 mil, right? I mean, that, that's why you made mm-hmm. him the richest player in the game is, yeah, I mean, he's a four-time MVP. He, he, he should be able to do something with, you know, three rookies and Juwan Winfrey and Sammy Watkins and you know, whoever you have out there. Alan Lazard is your number one. Um, and, and you have to win with the run game a little bit. But I don't think he's that concerned about the offense. And he, he absolutely expects the defense to, you know, be one of the best in the NFL, maybe even the best in the NFL with bringing guys back. And, and also the emphasis in the draft. I think it's a good mix of experience and youth that you don't see around most teams. You know, most teams, they might be kind of aging and, and wishing and hoping they had 23, 22-year-olds in there. Green Bay has that, that blend that I think can kind of serve you well in January. So I, I want to go back to the article because I find it interesting. He talks about not holding back and how he wants to be the best he can be because that's the best and, and, and really kind of, you know, pressing and going for it, so to speak. Does he feel like, you know, this run is the end is near? Do you get the sense that there's a sense of urgency now because you, won't, you don't know how long you have left with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, th- that's a really good point. I, I, I did get that sense of urgency, but but almost in a different way, almost in, in a Kenny Clark way and through that lens of, okay, he knows he's going to be 28, I believe, in October. And, you know, you, you've got – maybe it's 27. Either way, you know, 30s coming in hot. And if you're a defensive tackle, you know, it's hard to last at your peak for 10-plus years. I mean, just look in Packers history. B.J. Raji, 
you know, he, he at his best, he didn't last as long as we all thought he would. I mean, Gilbert Brown before that, it, it, you're you're playing seven, eight hundred snaps a year, bashing into another human being who's three hundred pounds. I mean, it's it's a different kind of rep, it's a different snap, and that stuff mm-hmm. adds up. So I think it was that urgency of like, I've got an opportunity to be one of the best in the NFL. I better do everything in my power to take advantage of this opportunity. And, and that's how he attacked every day of the off season. And he, he got into it all. It's, it's kind of weird. As we talked, he's like driving to another Pilates class. And it's about the last thing <laughs> I expected to, you know, 300 plus pound Kenny Clark to do, but man, he's he, he, from the keto to the Pilates, to the yoga, to everything. I, I really do think that urgency at a personal level meant a lot to him this off season. So you remember back when the Packers won their Super Bowl, they had Ryan Pickett, they had B.J. Raji, they had Howard Green, C.J. Wilson, Cullen Jenkins. You go through that list of big bodies up front. If Kenny Clark wants to be the best, does he then need T.J. Slayton to step up and give him a breather every now and then to be able to say, I can come back in and be fresh rather than be the guy that's always being ground down? No doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. And he, he he listed off all those D linemen as a group. And I think an emphasis um, with Jerry Montgomery this year, their, their position coach, is that mobility is just being quicker and more disruptive and just wreaking havoc in the backfield. And I'm, I'm sure every team talks like that, but it really is an emphasis there, this training camp. And how do you do that? you, you got to stay fresh. I mean, you do have to cycle in different bodies look at the team that beat them in the playoffs san francisco it's kind of ridiculous how many d linemen they they bring through their system and it's a huge reason why their defense has been so great year in and year out everybody's fresh right they it's just really hard for a dude like kenny clark anybody at that weight at that size to come near a thousand snaps for a season it's it's funny look at robert sala he was a defensive coordinator for a number of years now he's with the new york jets and their d line i mean they just kept signing guys all off season. It, it was nonstop. Vinnie Curry, Solomon Thomas. I mean, starters with other teams are like second and third stringers there. I, I think Green Bay knows they have to somehow emulate that and just be able to just get different guys through there to stay fresh because it's a long season. And to get the best out of a Kenny Clark, yeah, you're, you're going to have to spell him a little bit and, and hope he gets singled up. Real quick, before I let you go, I, I know that they've got a lot of talent up front, defensively speaking. The outside linebacker position, the safety depth, those are two areas of concern. Did he seem to feel like, you know, hey, we've got great 11 uh, starters on on paper and we've got a good nickel in Rasul Douglas who really came on, but we're thin on the outside. Does does he have that concern? Because I know you never worry about injury because you can't control it, but then again, injury is a part of the game, so you know you need the depth. Is there a concern there? I I didn't get that sense from him, but... But yeah, I mean, it's just you look at you look at the depth chart and the experience at those specific spots. It, it has to be like I mean, pass rush number one. Obviously, you need Gary to be a star this year. I mean, he needs to ascend, and he's on that path. I mean, it sure seems like he's ready in year four to be a, a top ten or better edge rusher in the NFL. But yeah, you, you knock on wood and you say yeah, you don't hope for injuries. But if he were to go down, where is that threat? You know, who is that player on the front seven who you're terrified of that's going to get to the quarterback? I think that's where Kenny Clark would say it's me. Right? I think he's hoping to get to the quarterback more often. He had, what, six and a half sacks or four and a half, you know, year in, year I, He wants to get that to eight. He wants to get that to ten and be that force who is finishing plays. 
Uh, we'll see because that's what the game's all about. It's, it's getting the most out of your quarterback and harassing the hell out of the opposing quarterback. And Green Bay's been really good at one and kind of hot and cold on the other most of the time. Great stuff as always. Ty, we're looking forward to more on uh, Golong, and you can find his stuff there, golongtd.com. That's golongtd.com and at Ty Dunn over on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, Next time you got some more Packers stuff, you bring it, my friend, okay? Absolutely, Bill. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, man. Always great to catch up. Absolutely. There you go. Tyler Dunn. Good stuff. Uh, find him over on Twitter at Ty, T-Y Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, or golongtd.com. A sit-down interview that he did with Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers. It's really, really good stuff if you haven't seen it already. Good for him to chat with us a little bit about it also. Coming up next, uh, you know what? No reaction to it other than to tell you a story that I witnessed today that I thought was extremely cool extremely cool you don't see this kind of stuff very often you hear about it but very rarely does it ever happen right in front of you today it did i'm going to share that coming up next on the bill michael show covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Coming up on Sunday, September 4th, uh, I can't ask you enough. Please spread the word. We're in uh, we're in the crunch time. A couple of weeks to go. Sunday, September 4th, uh, we're going to ride for Fisher House, Wisconsin. It's the 15th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. We cannot do it without you. Please, if you can uh, sign up and get pre-registered, do it. Uh, simply go to fisherhousewi.org in the events page. Fisherhousewi.org in the events page and get signed up and ride with us. And it's a great ride this year. We leave Milwaukee Brewing at 11 a.m., ride to the Rock Complex where they just opened Lux Golf. And we're going to have a first shot to see all of this stuff. They're going to have a band at the Umbrella Bar for us. They're going to have the, uh, the the field open for the Milkmen. And we get a chance to spend some time there. Then we're going to Alpine Valley, both the the resort and the music theater. And then from there to our friends uh, at Knuckleheads out in Eagle and then the Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. It's going to be a great ride. Uh, Rebel Grace and Hairball are playing the postgame concerts. Uh, we've got dealers from Pottawatomie Hotel Casino that are going to be dealing the poker hands this year to take care of all the mess we had last year. I mean, this is just... Uh, this is going to be great. And uh, our friends from the Warbirds, we're going to be doing a special flyover for all the veterans, military members, and their families. Please join us coming up Sunday, September 4th. Compliments of our friends over there at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Can't do it without them. Also, our friends at Bud Light. Growth Law, one of the top 20 biker law firms in the country, right here in our own backyard. That's growth, G-R-O-T-H, law.com, growthlaw.com. Also, our friends out west in the western portion of the state, Buzzard Billies. I'm going to be there, I think, on Wednesday. I'm going to stop in and say hi to the gang out there. Buzzard Billies in La Crosse. They say oh, we've got a lot of western wisconsin riders that come in and join us and buzzard billy's wanted to be a part of it and thanks to them for being a part of this and also our friends from west bend at kane k-o-e-h-n kane and kane jewelers kane and kane jewelers andy kane and his staff they cater to the ladies they cater to the men they have great great jewelry up there uh and the hearts on fire diamonds but they just do it right they're family owned they've been around a long time good people kane k-o-e-h-n Kane and Kane Jewelers, and follow him and his podcast, Buy Like a Guy, over on Instagram as well. That's Kane and Kane Jewelers. So please get signed up. 
please get signed up. Can't do it without you. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please go ahead and do so. So I was telling you before I went to break, um, you don't get a chance to witness this stuff very often. I think we've all been in a situation where somebody at a drive through line maybe bought you a cup of coffee and you kind of do the pass it along type of thing. Today, uh, I went over to Quick Trip this morning. I had Just because we had been gone uh, for the last eight, nine days, and I really didn't, when we got home yesterday, we didn't go grocery shopping or anything like that. I just kind of crashed and took it easy. And there was a couple of things I needed this morning, and I wanted to fill the car up. I had some things to run around with after the show today. But I went over to Quick Trip, and I'm at Quick Trip this morning. There's a Quick Trip right on uh, Moreland Avenue, uh, right in front of Blaine's Farm and Fleet. So apparently, now this, again, happened right in front of me today, but I came out after I went into Quick Trip, and I was filling up my tank with gas, and this car, not a not a great car, okay? It was clearly a, a, a car that's seen its road, right, seen its miles. And his kid gets out, and this car pulls in, like next to him, okay? And from what I could gather of the conversation, it kind of went like this. Uh, this this guy gets out. He's probably late 20s, okay? The car is a small car, a really small car, um, and it's loaded with stuff. Uh, and this guy gets out of the car next to him as this kid gets out, and he's like, you could see he had this crumpled bit of dollars and, and change and stuff in his hand. And this guy gets out, and he said, hey, I heard you over at Farm and Fleet. Now, apparently what the conversation was is this guy went into Farm and Fleet, wanted a job. And as he sat there and filled out the job application at Farm and Fleet, at Blaine's Farm and Fleet, he was explaining to the girl that worked the front desk that he was either homeless or really down on his luck. I couldn't gather totally from the conversation. But the gentleman that had pulled in next to him, had heard the conversation when he was walking in the door at Farm and Fleet. And as he was walking out, he saw this young man uh, who was applying for a job walk to his car and, and leave, and he couldn't catch up with him until he got into the quick trip. He pulls into the quick trip, and he said, Hey, I heard you talking to the girl at the front counter. I didn't mean to eavesdrop. I'm sorry. He said, I don't ever take pity on anybody, and I'm not taking pity on you. He said, I want to give you a hand. He said, I appreciate the fact that you're filling out the application. You want to work. You've got a willingness to work on and on and on. He bought him. He said, I want to buy your gas. He filled up the guy's tank of gas. He said, and here's 50 bucks. He said, I hope it gets you some things that you need. I hope, you, you know, if you, if you get the job that, you know, you'll be able to pass it along someday. And the guy sat down there as, as, the, as he's pumping gas and broke down and just started to cry. Now, again, I didn't want to make a deal out of this i did take a picture but i thought you know it's inappropriate because it's got the guy's license plate and everything and i and if he is down on his luck you don't want to publicize anybody like that you know but just you don't ever see that kind of stuff but it happened right in front of me today so the young man and, and if if the gentleman's listening that did this kudos to you but it's just one of those things when i i left sturgis there's a group of guys and i talked about the stinger saloon and these four guys that are just the epitome of what it takes to be a hard worker, uh, pay attention to your community, listen to elders, have a, have a modicum of respect for everyone. And then I see this when I get back. My One of the first things I see this morning is this guy stopping in and going, hey, I'm not taking pity on you. I just want to give you a hand. So hopefully you get the job and you remember this and you pass it along. And it, I just thought it was cool. I, I just thought it was a really cool moment today. So it was kind of a great way to 
to to to wake up and then and start your day off, if you will. That happened about about eight o'clock this morning at the Quick Trip there on Moreland uh, Moreland Avenue. So anyway, if that guy's listening, kudos to you. And if the young man's listening that uh, was down on his luck and needing a job, hopefully you get the job and hopefully you're able to turn things around as well. But I, I just needed to make a note of that because stuff like that happens. And in a world today where we're all divided politically and we're all SOBing and MFing this and that, and, and it just it sucks. And I get it. Things like this do happen, and I was glad, glad to witness it today. So anyway, wanted to bring that up. Uh, the top 25 is out. The top 25 AP poll, where do the Badgers, if at all, fit into this? The number one, two, and three teams, we kind of figured that's what it would end up being, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. But I'll tell you where the Badgers fall when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Quite a few people uh, out of town that uh, came into Milwaukee and also people coming into uh, Milwaukee this week for the, uh, the the Dodgers series as well. Stopping at Stenny's. Stenny's second in national in Walker's Point and a great place. I've always said it's the best sports bar and kind of like the cheers of Milwaukee, but also if you're going to be going to the game, take the shuttle. Let Stenny's do the driving. Our buddy Billy drives the shuttle, so uh, take the shuttle from Stenny's to the ballpark. They'll drop you off. They'll pick you back up. You come back down. You get some great food in you. Good meal. Bloody Marys that have won awards. And the Bill Michaels Garlic Cheese Bread. That's our great friends over there at Stenny's. Second to National, Walker's Point. And uh, there is no place better. I'll tell you that right damn now. No place better. Top 25, <laughs> excuse me, in college football. Uh, it is out. Uh, ben, any surprise as to where the Badgers landed? No. Uh, they're sitting at 18. I mean, I, it feels like one of those three guarantees in life, uh, death taxes and Wisconsin being in the mid to high teens in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those deals where, you know, cool. It's going to be an 18 next to their name until they play Ohio state. doesn't mean much to me. Uh, Ohio state comes in at number two, by the way, Alabama, number one, Georgia, number three, then Clemson, number four, Notre Dame, at number five, even with the coaching change, number six, Texas A&M, uh, you've got, uh, what is it, Houston? Who Who is that at number seven? Who's at number seven? The, the local got kind of caught off. Utah, that's okay. That's what I thought. Because uh, it, it reminded me of Houston, but I knew it wasn't. Uh, Michigan coming in at number eight, Oklahoma at number nine, Baylor at number ten. And then you've got Oregon, Oklahoma State after that, and it goes on. And you got uh, Michigan State, by the way, at number 15, talking about the Big Ten. And then the other Big Ten team is Wisconsin, sitting at number 18. Number 18 in the country. So thoughts regarding that, which I found rather interesting because I posted that over on the Facebook fan page a little while ago. And uh, it said, uh, first of all, uh, there was a couple of people that Andy said, I don't see them being in the top 25. Uh, This early poll is always based on reputation. Uh, Rodney says, I hope they perform well this week. So they end up uh, moving up badgers from Mike though, do not have a good quarterback or a good wide receiver. They shouldn't even be in the top 25. 
according to some. This is from Jacob, who says, I think the Badgers are being repped uh, at number 18. He says uh, they don't have a great team. Their offense stinks. Their offensive line, not very good. Where have they really improved? Um, and we'll, We're going to find out. We all know that basically when it comes down to the Wisconsin Badgers and their ability to remain in the top 25, it's all going to come down to the arm of Graham Mertz. I mean, period. It just is. It's all going to come down to Graham Mertz. I think I would agree with many of you that say Wisconsin's being ranked on reputation. Um, there's a lot of unknowns that are out there as well, specifically in the Big Ten. So they're being ranked on reputation, but they will fall. If they get knocked off early in their schedule, they will fall fast and furious. If they win a couple of games, maybe games that are supposed to be close, you know what I'm talking about? Um, if if they if Because when you look at their schedule, when you look at the Badgers, and you say, okay, you know, I, I, I get where the ranking's coming from if you're going to base it upon your your um, – your your Big Ten ranking, so to speak, off of your what you've done in the past. Okay, I understand that. But when you talk about the Badgers' schedule and what they have going on, I I think the Wisconsin Badgers, if they get a win early, say they play really competitive at Ohio State, beat Illinois, beat Northwestern, beat Michigan State, I think they'll be sitting right there around twelve. The loss to Ohio State, it, if it, and Ben, you say, well, when they get beat by Ohio State, let's say they lose 17-14 at the shoe. That's not a bad That's not a bad loss. That's actually almost a win. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would probably run naked around Madison if they lost 17-14. to uh, We're now looking forward to that. And hopefully there's people driving around in buses in Madison that all get pictures and then we can post it on Facebook. Uh, but if they get blown out, say it's a 42-10 loss or a 54-10 type of loss, then, then absolutely you're going to find you'll find them on the precipice of being knocked out of the top 25. And then if they get Illinois at home and Brett Bielema comes back and beats them, then yeah, it's it's pretty much done. The season the season itself, as far as their hopes go, pretty much fallen by the wayside. But if they play really well against Ohio State, get beat, but don't get beat terribly, it's not a bad loss. Then you can, you bounce back, you knock off Illinois, you knock off Northwestern in that god-awful stadium they have down there. Uh, and then you go to East Lansing and you play Michigan State. And you, let's say you walk away with a win, beat Purdue, and win pretty much out from there. That's not a bad season. But a lot of people are saying it's going to be at least a three-loss season. So is it going to be Minnesota that knocks them off and Michigan State and Ohio State? They don't have to play Penn State. They don't have to play Michigan. You know, they they do have Nebraska on the road, but I don't need I think Nebraska and Iowa for that matter are both kind of wild cards at this point to see exactly how good they're going to be. And you're going to face probably the best of them by the time the end of the season rolls around because there should be something on the line to play for. I you you, you taking it as a two-loss season, Ben, or a three-loss season? If I had to choose between one of those two, I'd say three. Uh, given most of their tough games are on the road. Now, they have not had trouble with Nebraska, but still they have to go there. Going to Iowa will not be easy. The Michigan State game is my wild card. If they win that Mm -hmm. game 
and the passing game looks good. They find some explosiveness, which is uh, the key there, aside from not turning the ball over. If they go look great in that game, then that sets the table for a what could be a very uh, interesting and successful uh, stretch run. If they fall to Ohio State and then fall at Michigan State, then I think your your best-case scenario would be three losses, and maybe you still win the West if you could beat Minnesota. Um, Their over-under is set at eight and a half, by the way. So yeah. that's more borderline three to four. Right. I would take the over for that number if I had to, you know, come to my head, pick mm-hmm. a side. But right. nine and three feels like the most realistic outcome. How big of a year does Braylon Allen have? Uh, because on, if Braylon Allen and the offensive line have a huge year, it takes a huge amount of pressure, obviously, off of Graham Mertz. Big on the scale of, you know, uh, Braylon Allen last year to Jonathan Taylor. Like the, the bar is, you know, kind of exponentially right. high. I think he has a huge year. But there's also a guy in Ches Malusi right next to him that is very effective. Mm-hmm. And both right. of those backs are better with 20 touches instead of one of them getting 30 and they'll both be fresher towards the end of the year. So I think in terms of efficiency, he's towards the top of the country uh, with that, but maybe not the crazy stat lines we see from Taylor and those guys. The uh, You've got uh, some experience uh, on the offensive line from an offensive line of last year that while it was adequate at times, it got its ass handed to it um, untraditionally more than a few last year as well. So I think uh, if you're going to look for the biggest leap this year, not only in Graham Mertz, but I think in the offensive line collectively, they weren't great last year. And normally we've seen really, really good offensive line play out of the Wisconsin Badgers. They've got something to uh, something to prove as well. I think the defense is going to be okay. We just Until the defense is not, you kind of just say, the defense is going to be good. You just kind of lean in that direction. They always seem to find a guy or two that comes on really big that begins to set the tone defensively speaking. But this year, to me, I think the tone has to be set right from the day, right from the get-go. It's got to be set by the line of scrimmage. And, and Nelson and Beach and, and, and company and Brown and company, they, they're the ones that have to set the tones this year, just, just my opinion. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, are they showing you anything right now? And if so, what is it? I'm specifically talking about the uh, Milwaukee Brewers who, since that trade, just have not been able to find their way. I know they beat Tampa Bay a couple, and that's tremendous. But, again, you had a golden opportunity in St. Louis, and it all went by the wayside. Going to talk more about that when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by Lyle and the gang at J&L Tire Service. Uh, Going to be heading out that direction actually today, as a matter of fact. Uh, dropping off Lyle's trailer, but... Uh, great people and even better service out there. Uh, every time I go there, I always say, hey, how's business doing? And he always comes back with a story of somebody who came in, heard about it here, and uh, came in and either got an oil change, it was very satisfactory, or some long-haul driver, tractor-trailer, somebody that had an issue on the road, and they found it, and they came in and were pleasantly surprised, as I was when I had my trailer done there. And they found some of the pro- some of the imperfections. It cost me a little more money, but they found some problems that I now have a lot of peace of mind. And the trailer that I took out and back to Sturgis, uh, no problem. New tires, had the axles greased and taken care of, everything. They gave me the thumbs up, and I felt really confident that I wasn't one of those people stuck on the side of the road. They do a lot of great work in many different facets at J&L Tire Service right out there 
in Johnson Creek, just north of 94, the Goodyear Station. You can drive by and see it from the highway. I highly recommend stopping in. So, uh, we'll be back right after this. Coming up, more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice getting ready for the start of tomorrow's joint practice sessions here in Green Bay against the New Orleans Saints, open to the public. Matt LaFleur had some good news announcing that offensive tackle Elton Jenkins has been taken off the PUP list just nine months after surgery for a torn ACL. We'll get Elton back today, we'll get Bobby Tunyon back today, and we'll get Christian Watson back today. David Bakhtiari remains on the PUP, rehabbing after his third knee surgery this spring. Running back Aaron Jones made the play of the day in practice with a touchdown catch from Aaron Rodgers who was scrambling in the red zone. Jones told me defensive back Eric Stokes tried to strip the ball away from him in the end zone. I already scored, but you know uh, that's a part of Stokes never giving up, always competing. But we didn't hear a whistle, so he's kept ripping at it, but uh, definitely scored. And then all the offense out there on the field to celebrate. Oh, yes, sir. You know, you celebrate together as a unit. Uh, that, that, that's what makes it special playing with those guys. They make it fun to come to work every day. And with Darnell Savage still out with a hamstring injury, number 36, Vernon Scott, has been making plays at safety. I talked to Jair Alexander. Yeah, yeah, Vern's made great improvement. You know, Vern, he looks more comfortable out there. He He's even played in a couple games the last season and the season before, so... Vern, you can tell, has, is gaining more confidence. He's vocal. He does a good job communicating the calls and just more confident out there. That's Packers defensive back Jair Alexander. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage on 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. And then back out on the road, going to be in Wausau tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And then going to be in La Crosse on Wednesday. Uh, we have cigar dinners that are coming up. So really looking forward to getting out and about and hanging out. And uh, La Crosse Wednesday and tomorrow going to be in Wausau. Saying hi to our friends up there. And reminding people in Wausau, if you don't get the program, uh, get to the uh, get to the app. Download the Zone Madison app. Uh, on whether it's your Google Play Store or whether it's your Apple Store, whatever it happens to be, download the app on whatever device you have, and you can listen to the program there. You can always find us, thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com, and uh, really looking forward to it. Speaking of cigar dinners, uh, when we were out in uh, in Sturgis, went to Deadwood Tobacco Company, and I love that place. If you've never been to Deadwood, it is so just cool, authentically cool. But we were in this in the bottom of this old building, this old uh, what used to be a brothel actually, um, which is now the home of Deadwood Tobacco Company. And we were there, and there was this this woman that was kind of directing people because there's a ton of tourists uh, for s- different cigars and different types and different flavors. And I started talking to her, and she had talked about coming to Wisconsin. I said, "Oh, where do you go?" And she says, "Go to the Nice Ash all the time." Knows Joette and the staff down there extremely well, and she's a uh, tobacco rep, but she was not only out in South Dakota, but she also comes to Wisconsin very often and talked about how much she loved the nice ash and what they've done down there. We were down there yesterday, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, after we got back and unpacked and went down and relaxed for a little bit. And I've been telling you, 323 West Main Street, 
downtown Waukesha under theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Great place, music on the weekends, entertainment, always good, and TVs everywhere. So as football season is upon us, get down there. You can start checking it out on Sundays. They do kind of like potluck there and such, so there's some food in the joint, but a really good place to go. That's theniceash.com, theniceash.com. The Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend dropped two or three and ended up getting beat yesterday uh, at the hands of Albert Pujols and the St. Louis Cardinals. Taylor Rogers continues to struggle uh, and is one and six with a five ERA. They get doubled up six to three yesterday. Um, ben, is the have have the Brewers shown you anything? And I asked this question at the beginning of the program today. Have the Brewers shown you anything that would lead you to believe they've got a run in them? As of, I mean, the answer is yes, and that glimpse came after the All Star break, before the trade deadline. And things have obviously changed since then. Uh, where okay. I stand today, the answer is no. Right. See, I, I I completely agree with you. There is nothing right now that makes me think that this Brewers team has this big run in them. And, and I'm not – look, there's still a team that's, you know, a game and a half out of first place. Uh, there's still a team that has played extremely good baseball for the majority of the season. Um, I, I – keep waiting for them to, quote, bust out. But there is nothing right now in this team, and just in the body language. Now, again, when you're winning, it's different. We understand that. But there is nothing even in the body language of this team that says, man, they got comebacks in them. They got excitement in them. Uh, maybe a little bit over the weekend, I didn't get a chance to watch, or a little bit over last week, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of Brewers baseball being out there because I had to watch it mainly in high, highlights. And when, you know, you get some comfort behind wins and such and you knock off Tampa Bay, it's not a bad way to go. And you thought, okay, you're going on the road, you got a little bit of a head of steam, and then you run into the buzzsaw that is the St. Louis Cardinals who are trying to track you down and overtake you and stay ahead of you in, in the National League Central. Not a lot great there. And I just, I keep looking at this thing going, what makes me, other than the fact that it's going to be, you would assume it's going to be an exciting race down the stretch. What makes you think that this Brewers team has it in them to say, oh yeah, here we go. No problem. Because I, they won three out of four against Colorado. They swept the Twins. They beat uh, the Red Sox two out of three. And since then, since they ran into the juggernaut, that was the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. Other than getting the two wins against Tampa Bay, this stretch of games over the last 10, 15 games, it, it's and, and by the way, for all those that suggest firing Craig Council, Craig Council didn't make the trade. Craig Council doesn't even sound like he wanted the trade. It sounded like it was more deflating than anything. But it's... Man, it's just it's it's a tough thing to watch right now. They don't have this burst of of life. I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes you can put your finger on it. You can call it what it is, but there's not much there that makes me go, "Oh yeah, they they've got this." Don't worry about it. No problem. Cuz right now in in like I mentioned, the standings. Oh, by the way, here, here comes the Dodgers are 45 games over 500. 45 games. The Dodgers are 79 and 34, best record in all of baseball. The Yankees have fallen on hard times. The Yankees, one and eight in their last nine games, two of eight in their last 10. 
So the Yankees have somewhat struggled. They got beat again by the Red Sox, which is painful to them because the Red Sox right now dead last in the American League East. But the Dodgers are coming to town with their 45 games over. The Brewers have got to figure something out. Got to figure something out. By the way, the, the, the Cardinals, they take on the Rockies in St. Louis. So you talk about a monumental task ahead of you. Otherwise, you get swept by the Dodgers and the Cardinals stay hot. Man. And remember, the Cardinals beat the Yankees, swept the Yankees at home. Right before that, they swept the Cubs in a four-game series, even though one of those games were postponed. The Cardinals have been playing a lot of winning baseball. you got to figure it out, man. Figure it out. Another hour of the Bill Michael Show yet to go. Stay tuned. A whole lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 